thanks for checking out this message from Springmount Church. For more information about us and what we do, visit our website, springmount.church. Why not check out all the different groups that run throughout each week in Barrow and on Walney? And join us every Sunday from 11am at Salt House Pavilion in Barrow Infernos. If you would like us as a church to pray for you, please email prayer at springmount.church or sign up on our website for monthly news straight to your inbox. Well, great. It's good to see you. Good to see you here this morning. Um, we start a new series. If you've not been with us for a while, um, we're looking at two books in the Old Testament, two books of the Minor Prophets, which are Haggai and Zechariah, the, the penultimate two books of the Old Testament. Uh, some strange things in Zechariah, but uh, we're going to be looking at what God can say to us today through what he said a long time ago. And actually, how actually his message to us today is very similar to what his message has always been. And uh, the title of our series that we're going to be looking at is Prioritize. So what are you prioritizing in life? You know, if I said to you this morning, um, who would love to eat more healthily? Put your hands up if you'd love to eat more healthily. Okay? Why aren't you doing it? Put your hand up if you'd love to exercise more. You know, well, that's not quite as popular a one, is it? But put your hands up if you'd love to exercise more. There was a few sort of, yeah, okay, yeah, thank you. It's interesting, isn't it? The ones that want to eat more healthy, want to exercise more, tend to be the same people. Well, don't just think, I'd love to exercise more. Exercise more. You know, there's a saying, why put off till tomorrow what you can do today? Or some people turn it into, why put off tomorrow? What, why put off till tomorrow what I can put off today? Or something like that. Or what, I don't know. Anyway. But who would like to take up a new hobby? Anyone? Yeah? Yeah? Okay, what would you like to do? Sorry, support a real football team. Sorry. <laughs> Music. Yeah, okay. Do it. You know, don't just say, I'd love to do it. Do it. That's what we're looking at, prioritizing. And the question God asks the people in Haggai chapter 1 is, if not now, when? If not now, when? So that's the question throughout the whole of the first chapter. And amazingly, I walked into Asda the other day, and it was literally a couple of weeks ago, and I saw the teacher in the late teacher, T-shirt in the ladies section, that was obviously their new range. And I've got a picture of it here. That's amazing. You know, Asda are on brand with our sermon series. That's quite incredible. I was like, got to take a picture of that one. So, you know, if they suddenly, their stocks go up because all of you ladies go out and buy that T-shirt later on, if not now, when, then that's amazing because that is the question that God asks his people. If not now, when? If not now, when? Sorry. Why didn't I buy it? Because it's a lady's t-shirt and I'm not a lady. Well, I could have bought it from Ros. I'll tell you what, I'll go in and get you one, dear. Okay. <laughs> the problem is if I buy it from Ros, she'll say, Johnny, will you do this? And I'll be like, I'll do it tomorrow. She'll go, well, if not now, when? <laughs> it becomes a little bit of a... becomes Yeah, yeah okay, I'm going to go home. It's fine. <laughs> if not now, when? I thought when I saw it, I thought, that sounds quite a spiritual challenge. I took the photo. As I say, it was literally just after New Year, so they might not have them in anymore. Uh, but I thought, wow. And as I started preparing this session, I realized God is asking us, if not now, when? 
And it's not about our hobbies. They're really important. It's not about ourselves. It's actually about our obedience and service of him. Our obedience and service of him. If not now, when? If you're not going to obey and serve him now, when will you? That's the challenge. It has to be today. So Haggai and Zechariah are two prophets who spoke God's heart around the same time to the people. And uh, if you want to know real historical and, and really important informative background, Old to New will be covering it probably the week after next, or a week after half term. So if you want to go and uh, hear Jeff talk about Haggai and Zechariah, then go for that one. But it's all about Cyrus allowed the exiles to return to Jerusalem. So they returned to Jerusalem around about 538 BC, and they immediately began to work on the temple, to rebuild the temple. They immediately began to do that. But various circumstances halted that work. Some of it was the people around them who distracted them, because the people around them knew that the temple represented the presence of God. They didn't want Israel and Judah to have that presence of God because they knew that God's presence was what it was all about. So they distracted the people. They caused them to down tools a little bit. Their focus and priorities were all wrong. And after 20 years of building, they stopped and only the altar was there. They hadn't done anything other than the altar. That was all they'd done. The very, very basic thing. They hadn't built the walls. They hadn't built the roof. They just built the altar. That's all they'd done for 20 years. It's a bit like me. I've got pictures that I need to hang up that we moved with from Dalton 15, 16 years ago. Yeah? If not now, when? That's why I didn't buy the T-shirt. Because sometimes we'd put off things because we don't think they're that important. But these two prophets that we're going to look at and we're going to listen to what they had to say call on the people to realign their priorities. It calls on people to say, what are you prioritizing? What is the most important thing? To reignite their fervor for the house of the Lord. Haggai, which is only two chapters long, so read along with us. I want to encourage you as we read these books through the sermon series, read them along with us. See what God wants to say to you. It's only two chapters. It's not too difficult but Haggai is particularly about the restoring of the building, the temple building, because it symbolized God's presence. Zechariah was about the rebuilding of the relationship that had been broken by the personal sin. Okay? So we're looking at the restoration of the place of God's, temp God's presence and the restoration of that relationship that flows out of it. That's the two books. That is what we need to prioritize. So let's read. Haggai chapter 1. We're going to read the whole chapter in little chunks today. And the other thing I would like to start doing, just while we're on this, is I'd like to start asking a few people to do the reading for us in a day. So if you're interested in doing the reading and standing up here and reading it out, then just get in touch with me, and it'd be great to have some different voices other than mine. Amen, said everybody. Haggai chapter 1 says this, In the second year of King Darius, on the first day of the sixth month, the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai to Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, that's why people won't volunteer, <laughs> governor of Judah, and to Joshua, son of Josadak, the high priest. This is what the Lord Almighty says. These people say, the time has not yet come to rebuild the Lord's house. I'm just going to stop there. Two things I want to point out, and we'll come back to one of them. 
Haggai speaks to the ruler and the high priest, okay? That's who he's speaking to, the ruler and the high priest. We'll come back to that in a few weeks' time. But the Lord Almighty says, these people. That's an interesting thing to start with, these people. Maybe you've heard on a human level when people say, oh, are you one of those people? Yeah? Anyone do wordles? Are you one of those people who does wordles and then posts it on social media and everyone goes, what are these green and yellow blocks? Yeah, are you one of those people? You know, Dennis Norden was a, a guy who used to host a program called it, It'll Be Alright on the Night. It was an English program that looked at all the bloopers, the outtakes of TV. And he used to go, are you one of those people? That was his catchphrase. My Auntie Hazel used to use it to introduce jokes. She'd say, are you one of those people who goes up to somebody and says, is anybody sitting there? Well, there's nobody sitting there, you know? Or you're sitting on a newspaper, are you reading that? Are you one of those people? Are you one of those people who never washes their hands after going to the loo? Ooh. Now we'd say those people, wouldn't we? Now we'd be going those, especially in the current times. But when we say that, it separates people into different situations, doesn't it? If you say, are you one of those people? It's almost saying, well, you're separate from me. You're not the right class. You're not the right people. And it actually represents a breakdown in relationship. God, throughout the Old Testament, and now has regularly said, my people. What's the verse from Sue Chronicles, Francis? Heal their land. Excellent, excellent. Very good. Give that. Give us a round of applause. That's one example where God says, if my people. The reason I chose Francis is last week she was really, Francis is one of those people who's very brave and volunteers and shouts out, which is what we want, and then I'm really horrible, and it stops everybody else from shouting out, so I'm sorry. Francis, you know, she knows that verse, but it says, if my people. If my people. God regularly talks about my people, but here, notice he says, these people. It implies distance. It implies a bit of separation. It implies a bit of a breakdown in that relationship. These people are asking this. These people. Whereas previously he said, my people, my people, my people. God says, these people. The people, it's not that God has stopped caring. It's that the people have stopped caring. They've stopped building what is important. They've stopped prioritizing what they need to prioritize. They've stopped putting in first the big things. It's nothing to do with God's distancing. It's entirely that they have stopped building for God's presence in their lives and their situation. So we want God to say today, Spring Mount, you are my people. That is about relationship. If you haven't got a relationship with God, it comes through Jesus. It comes through his death and resurrection. He paid the price for sin so that we could be called sons and daughters. We could not just be his people, we could be his children. And yet here he says, these people. So today, what are we building as a priority? What are we building as a church that's a priority? But what are we building individually as a priority? Here it says we should be building his presence 
in our lives. We should be practicing his presence because we are now his dwelling place through the Holy Spirit, yeah? We are his temple. We are the place the Holy Spirit dwells. So our first priority, Haggai says, is build the thing where God dwells. We've just sung, haven't we? I will build my life. What on? His love. His grace. Or this morning is our priority getting our own stuff sorted first. Is our priority to get our life where we want it to be? Is our priority to get our job where we want it to be? You know, Jesus echoes this. Jesus said to a few people, follow me. And one man said, oh, can I wait till my father's died and my family's gone and then I'll follow you? What's his priority? It's for his family. Family's important. But Jesus says, follow me first. Follow me first because then you'll be the best dad, the best husband, the best uncle, the best brother, the best sister. God says, these people say, the time has not yet come. The time has not yet come. And God says, if not now, when? If not now, when? When they first returned from exile, they immediately started building. And then they only built a little bit. But Haggai 1 goes on to say this, verse 3. Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Is it a time for you yourselves to be living in your panelled houses while this house remains a ruin. The place of the presence of God was unfinished and in ruins, and yet they were building themselves. They were building themselves up. They were building things just for them. They've stopped building for God. That's what it's all about. And God says, if you're not going to build now, when are you going to build? If you're not going to start today, when are you going to start? If you're a Christian, as I say, you're building his dwelling place, prioritizing him. Let's read from verses 5 to 11. Now, this is what the Lord God Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. I'm going to say that again. Give careful thought to your ways. That's what God says. You have planted much, but harvested little. You eat, but you never have enough. You drink, but you never have your fill. You put on clothes, but are not warm. <laughs> That's very appropriate. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. Go up into the mountains and bring down timber and build my house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. You expected much, but see, it turned out to be little. What you brought home, I blew away. Why, declares the Lord Almighty, because of my house, which remains a ruin, while each of you is busy with your own house. Things have gone wrong because it's been all about them instead of all about God. Therefore, because of you, the heavens have withheld their dew and the earth its crops, Call for a drought on the fields and the mountains, on the grain and the new wine, the olive oil and everything else the ground produces, on people and livestock, on, on the labor of your hands. When God says something once, we need to listen, yeah? When he says it twice, I think that means we need to listen even more carefully. And in that passage, he says, give careful thought to your ways. He says it twice. First of all, he says, give careful thought to your ways and what you do about yourself. And then he says, give careful thought about your ways and what you do about him. Give careful thought to your ways. I love the old LOLO sitcom. 
Yeah? The one set in, in France with uh, René, René, René. Shouldn't do that, really. One of the best and most remembered catchphrases from that program was, now listen very carefully, I shall say this only once. Okay, that was French for anyone who's uh, not sure. Now listen carefully, I shall say this only once. God says it twice. Listen carefully. Give careful thought to your ways. Give careful thought to what you do, to who you follow, to who you build for. Firstly, he says, you plant loads and harvest little. You eat and are never satisfied. You drink and aren't filled. You put on clothes and are not warm. You earn, but it leaks away. Sound familiar? <laughs> That's what these people were doing. Why? Because they were just building for themselves. Put the building right with God first. This is a picture of dissatisfaction. Working, but not really gaining. Working and feeling like there's something missing. Something isn't right. Have you ever had that feeling where no matter how much you do or how hard you try, it never seems to be enough? Yeah? Well, that's what these people were doing. And why did it come about? Because it was just about them. They were doing it for their reputation, for their comfort, for their safety, for their wealth, for all of those things. They weren't doing it with God at the forefront. You know, in the winter, I've been running on a treadmill because I'm a wuss. And I look outside and go, I'm not running in that rain, or it's a bit cold. So I've joined the gym and run on a treadmill. I can put my sat-nav on, or my Strava. It's not a sat-nav when you're running, is it? That would be a bit stupid. I can put my Strava on, and I could run on that treadmill, and I could run for 30 minutes. And it will say, I've not gone anywhere. It will say, I've not gone anywhere. I've run for 30 minutes. I've expended energy. I'm sweating like... Like, you wouldn't believe I've got this vein in my head that I'm thinking, oh dear, that's not good. But I've not actually gone anywhere. And that's what some of us are doing with our lives. We're running and not getting anywhere. We're not moving. We're putting all our effort in. And actually, running on a treadmill is a bit dissatisfying compared to running outside and seeing the sights. Yeah? Francis agrees. It must be right. You know, it's much better to run outside and see the hills and see... You know, I run around Ormsgill Reservoir and I have to avoid the swans and the geese. That's a bit more fun, if you like swans and geese. It's a bit dissatisfying compared to the sights I can see and experience by getting out and about. God says, give careful thought to your ways. Stop running and going nowhere. Stop putting the effort in for nothing but yourself. Put the energy in to me. And no matter what, there will be. His promise is satisfaction. There will be contentment. Why? Because he is the God of all those things. He is the God that will bring all those things. You know, money, food, drink, and clothes all seem essential for life, don't they? Yeah? Money, food, drink, and clothes. But if they are the focus, then God says they'll never be enough. If that is our focus, they'll never be enough. Haggai says it, and then Jesus says it in Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 to 34, and the bits where he says, don't worry, don't be anxious about anything. And it finishes with that verse 33, which will be on the screen. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. 
Prioritise. Haggai says, stop running and going nowhere. Stop just living for food and, and water and drink and all those things. Live for me. Build my life. And seek his kingdom first and his right ways. And all of that stuff will be added. That's why he says, don't worry. But we spend our energy worrying. Somebody once said, worry is like a rocking chair. You don't get anywhere. You go forwards and backwards, forwards and backwards. You don't get anywhere. Like running on a treadmill. What we do first in life says a lot about us, yeah? What we put in first says a lot about who we are, and it says what our priorities are. You know, last week we heard from a couple of people that they'd stopped using social media first thing in the morning. And the difference it had made was quite big, wasn't it? Simply not picking up their phone and putting in that social media thing first, they put God in first. And just that small change in priorities made a difference. Yeah? That's what Haggai is talking about. You know, in our house, the youngest, the youngest current member of our house can be stood at the time he needs to leave for school in front of a mirror going like this. Doesn't actually make any difference. Can do it for 15 minutes, it still looks it did 15 minutes before. But he can be stood, taxi's ready, no shoes, no socks, no blazer, no tie, but gotta make sure my hair's right. Because his priorities are all wrong. And hair, yo, look at me. Here's a picture of me at my brother's wedding. Okay? Now you're going to see, I can tell why Roz, you know, thank you, thank you. You can now tell why Roz married me, if any of you were wondering, you know, what a, what a, what a handsome chap. There is an element, Joel, of it looking a bit like you. Don't, don't worry too much, but this is coming your way. But that was me. I used to be really quite particular about my hair, okay? I wouldn't go to just any hairdressers. I had to go to one that I could trust. I would use products on my hair. I wanted it to look just right. Obviously it worked. I wanted it to just look right. I was precious about it, different styles. And now, give careful thought to your ways. Because that wasn't worth prioritizing. Let's be fair. It might have been at the time, but now it's like I buff it rather than cut it, okay? Give careful thought to your ways. I spent a lot of time worrying about my hair. What a waste of time. Amen. What a waste of time. What are we seeking first? What are we looking for first? You know... We all get busy with our own stuff, don't we? We get busy in life. We get busy. We have all sorts of things going on. People are planning weddings. People are planning moves to back home to America. People are planning new jobs. People are planning what they're going to do at college next year. People are planning all these things. But what is our priority? Because if it's not God now, when will it be? That's what Haggai kept coming back to. Give careful thought to your ways. God gets relegated to second place at best. And that leads to dissatisfaction. We see that in this passage. It leads to dissatisfaction, not enough. 
And also, it goes on to say that the blessings of heaven and earth may dry up because we stop focusing on what's right. Who stops themselves from truly being his people? Who is it that stops them from being called my people? It's them. Their priorities. Their attitudes. So what is ours? If not now, when? If not now, when? Asda should be giving me a commission. But anyway. Give careful thought to your ways. And Jesus then says, and everything else will be added. Give careful thought to our ways and all else will be added. The chapter finishes with these verses from verse 12. It says, Then Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, Joshua, son of Josadak, the high priest, and the whole remnant of the people obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the message of the prophet Haggai because the Lord their God had sent him. And the people feared the Lord. I'll just read that little bit again. Then all the people, that's easier than saying all those names, all the people obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the message of the prophet. This morning God is saying to us, if not now, when? Will we be able to write down in a few years' time, then all the people obeyed the voice of God. It's not me saying this, this is from God's word. Jesus echoes it. It's something Jesus says, prioritize him, put him first in all things. Everything else will then be added. Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, gave this message of the Lord to the people. So they obeyed. Then Haggai gives this message. I am with you, declares the Lord. Can you see the significance of that? Then they obeyed and feared God once more and got their priorities right. Then God says, I am with you, declares the Lord. So the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, son of Sheltiel. It's really testing this morning governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, son of Josadak, the high priest and the spirit of the whole remnant of the people. They came and began to work on the house of the Lord, almighty their God, on the 24th day of the sixth month in the second year of King Darius. What's the result of prioritizing God? What's the result of seeking him first and putting him in first? He says, I am with you. I am with you. If I said to you this morning, hands up who wants God with them, every hand would go up, I would hope. But maybe if I said, who's willing to obey and serve? <sighs> it's not quite as nice a question, is it? The result of prioritizing God is he says, I am with you. The spirit in the people is stirred up when they hear God's challenge. That's what Sunday morning should be about. Our spirit within us being stirred up by what God is saying to respond, to act, to step out, to step up and to do. To hear him say, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. Not because we want to do it, but because we've said, God, your will be done. We've said, God, I want you first. You first. You first. Just reminds me of that uh, song by, is it Barry White? The f you f you're my first, my last, my everything. You know? That should be our song to God. You're my first. No, that's, Louis, that's Louis Armstrong. <laughs> Different one. Hello, darling. Sorry. I've lost my place now. <laughs> Thank you for that, Steve. 
The spirit is stirred up. Is our spirit stirred up this morning when we hear that challenge to prioritize him, to say seek him first, to stop worrying about building our own lives and building other stuff, but to build in him, to build in his presence, to build him into everything that we do, to put him at the forefront. When they realize they've stopped prioritizing it, they have then obeyed the voice of God. So if not now, when? When are we going to obey what God wants? When are we going to do what God wants? God is speaking to us over and over again. Give careful thoughts for your ways. When are we going to stop making excuses? That's things we put in front of God, our excuses. We might say, I'm too old. I'm getting there. We might say, I'm too busy. Work's manic at the minute. Or when that finishes, it'll be fine. I used to think when I was younger, can't wait to be my dad's age because he just, you know, not that he sat around doing nothing, but I thought, you know, he's so, he's, you know, he spends so much time in the Word and he spends so much time talking about it. And I thought, can't wait till I'm his age because it must get easier. What a load of rubbish. He'd just prioritized. He'd prioritized. And I saw the evidence of that in his life. Thanks, Dad. Maybe we'll say, my children are young at the moment. When my children have grown up and they've moved away, (laughs) when my children have, sorry, son, he did once, we couldn't, he's like a boomerang, that's what his middle name is, Joel Boomerang Harrison, that's right, isn't it? I love you, lots. You might say, my children are young. We had children young because we thought they'd get to an age where we'd then be able to enjoy our, some some youth still, and, uh, and have some money. My advice, just hold on as long as you can. No, not at all. Maybe we also think someone else will do it. Somebody else will do it. I don't need to worry. Somebody else will do it. They need this. Someone else will step and do it. We need people to sort of join house groups. Or somebody else will join that. We need someone to... Somebody else will do it. If not now, when? That's Haggai chapter 1. That's Jesus. If not now, when? Follow me. Or I'll just wait till then. No, now. Follow me. Give careful thought to your ways. God says to us this morning, I love you. I want to forgive you. I want you to receive my grace. I want to wipe the slate clean. You just have to come to me and trust in me. That's the first call of God. If you've not received that call on your life, then today, if not now, when? He died for you. He loves you and said, you can be forgiven. You can be totally set free. As I say, every week, if you don't know what it's about, this explains it all. He loves us. We've made mistakes. So Jesus died. What are you going to do about it? That's what it says. There's a bit more explanation on the back. But that's it. He loves us. We've made mistakes. He's died for us. What are we going to do about it? If not today, when? That's the first call. The second call of Jesus was, you're going to have to pick up your cross daily. (laughs) It's not quite as attractive. You're going to have to take up the cross. It's not going to be easy. Can I ask this morning, if you're a Christian, have we stopped picking up our cross and we're just watching him on his? Is that what we see Christianity as? We've stopped picking up our cross and we're just watching him on his. Or we're watching him raise again every Sunday and celebrating it. He said we've got to keep picking up his cross. Have we stopped prioritizing meeting together? Technology is brilliant. It's great that people can watch at home, especially if they're ill. 
But have we stopped meeting together? Somebody shared recently how they'd been so touched by the service a few weeks ago. They were in the building, the worship, the word. They felt God really stirring in them. So they went home and on the Monday, they thought, I'm going to watch it again. I'm going to watch it again. I went to watch it again the next day on the telly on YouTube and it just didn't even seem like the same service. It didn't even seem like the same service. Because watching it isn't the same as being involved in it. It's the presence of Jesus we need. And the presence of Jesus should be in us as Christians. And when we gather together, we come together sharing his presence. Yes, we can experience it on our own. And technology has been amazing. But the Bible says, do not give up on meeting together. So we shouldn't. If you, people say, oh, I'll come back soon. If not now, when? <laughs> That's the message. So what time is it? It's not have a time. Okay? What time is it? MC Hammer once moved next door to somebody who was doing a load of DIY at 3 o'clock in the morning. So they banged on the wall and said, do you not know what time it is? But that made it worse. But anyway, those of you who know the MC Hammer song, there's a joke. What time is it? It's time to prioritise him. It's time to prioritise and start building our lives again. It's time to give careful thought to our ways. Are they God's ways? Are they our ways? It's time to prioritise the obedience of God in our lives. He's already said what we must do. At justly what love mercy, walk humbly, all those things we talked about last week. He's already said it's time to prioritize respect for God and then he will be with us. If not now, when? Let's pray. Father God, I pray for the challenge of Haggai, a prophet from a couple of thousand years ago and more. And the challenge today is the same. The challenge for us today is the same. To trust, to obey, to serve, and to build our lives upon the rock that is Jesus. Father, we spend our days rushing around, worrying. We spend our days worrying about what's next. And sometimes there's, there's valid reasons for that. Yet, Father God, your, your, your son Jesus said, Seek first my kingdom and my righteousness, then all else will be added. We won't be dissatisfied with life any longer. We won't be, we won't be dis discontent. Father God, help us to hear that first call of Jesus this morning to say, I need to start building my life. Help us to hear that call today to say, I need to start rebuilding my life. Help us to prioritize the building of your temple, which is us, in terms of your presence. Father God, I pray for more of your presence in us. Your presence in us releases us from fear, releases us from all of those things. Father God, this morning I pray for anyone in here who has never experienced your presence in their life, in any tangible way. And Father, I pray, Lord, this morning that as we, as we continue to serve it, this service by worshipping, I pray, Lord, that your presence will fall in this place by your Holy Spirit. I pray, Lord, that people will know that you are with them. 
in Jesus' name. Amen. As the worship team come up, if anybody wants to receive prayer this morning, I'm going to ask those that do pray with people to just stand in that back area. As we worship, just go. Receive. If you don't know what it means to be, if, you, if you've seen this card and thought, actually, I need to make that step, then go and see them. Come and pick one of these up off the stand if you want to and take it to them and say, talk me through it. But if you're a Christian this morning and you've realized your priorities are all wrong, then if not now, when? <laughs>